Welcome, everybody. It's Jurassic Views yeah. morning devotions. And uh, today, after the Kings game, I've got a special guest. You know him. Zaya Quiena is joining me. What's up, man? Good morning to you. Good morning. I have my espresso here. I'm watching a recording of last night's game and hypocritical of me to just join when there is a win, but that's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, I didn't actually get to see the game last night. I was uh, drinking wine and watching Bridgerton, if you can imagine, with my wife. Was that just mu- as much as a roller coaster emotionally? <laughs> uh, the I, drama, I, the drama I, in that show. That is very true, actually. That's a good call. I felt like uh, the Duke, who's kind of a main character, early episodes was a bit of a Fred Van Vliet type character. He started off really slow, unsure of himself, and then uh, came into his own and then took over, some would say. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Does he also have, is he dashingly good looking and has have uh, fantastic waves as Van Vliet? Uh, I don't know about the waves. His wave game uh, isn't as tight as Freddie's. Is this uh, Simon? Is this Simon Bissett? Correct. This is Simon. Simon Uh, Bissett. I I think uh, waves in, you know, the 18th, 19th century weren't as uh, important or as pronounced as they are today, but I could be wrong. Okay, okay. Um, Uh, So you you watched the game, and and now we're re-watching it. Um, Sorry, what are we talking Are we talking about um, Simon's game, or (laughs) Daphne, or are we talking about last night's? (laughs) We're talking about the rap. I know. Okay. 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 Just uh, a little... Stay focused. Stay focused. (laughs) Uh, So we... You're now watching the re-record. Tell tell me what it was like uh, initially to watch the game because, boy, oh, boy, did the raps get down big early. Yes. Uh, so, um, I mean, Sacramento was hitting everything. I think they were shooting uh, just around 70%. Um, um, actually close to 80, my apologies. Uh, it, it was incredible in the way their level of offensive efficiency. Um, however, um, it's not sustainable. And we know that. And that's not just because of uh, the fact that uh, usually, you know, it's a game of runs, but mostly be, but because this is Sacramento, right? They don't have the talent pool to continue this. However, talented uh deandre foxes and uh and buddy heel um i know that uh it's hard to maintain for four quarters and and not just the shooting but the pace the pace was ridiculous and so i knew uh i didn't know when that there was going to scale down and it was just a matter of time so by the by the second quarter uh, the Raptors settled themselves in, and um, I find I found that they matched the offensive intensity and pace, um, and the defense nice. settled in later in the game. Um, I you know was tracking the game. I was kind of in between the show and the Raptors score, and I was I realized that Kyle Lowry wasn't playing. 
Mm-hmm. And then I realized that Pascal wasn't having a big game. Uh, what was it like at the half to see those two things exist? You know, Lowry not there and, and Pascal not having a big game. So if we remember last year, I, I knew that there's precedent. So um, Lowry didn't play significant periods last year and, and Freddie um, maintained the offense and more than just maintain the offense. He and Pascal really were the anchors. So especially against the Sacramento Kings, I thought that this was going to be a, a match that they could, they could sustain. However, um, my doubts is if Siakam is not scoring at a high volume and if, and if Freddie's not scoring at a high, high volume, mm. then, then, um, then this is a, a write-off. But Freddie was on fire from the get-go. And, and so that reassured me, regardless of how, how de- we were down with 22 points, regardless of the score early on in the first quarter, to me, if Freddie is going, then, um, then, uh, then especially in this NBA landscape, your lead guard has to be productive on both ends. And I'm fine. Again, using precedent, knowing who Fred is, even Stan Lowry, um, I was confident that we could still make our way back in the game. Nicely done. Now, before we get to the uh, depth of bench, guys, you know, that have been talked about already uh, who are younger guys, I want to focus in on Chris Boucher for a second. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I was watching, again, the highlights. I think I watched two different packages and of of course was reading the stats. Uh, I think we have a new starting center. W- what are your thoughts after watching the game? Sorry, I'm just reading Daphne's uh, profile here. From <laughs> um, so back to Chris Boucher. Um, no, I think it was a matter of time. I think we've gone back uh, on the air and off the air uh, about rejigging the the lineups and the rotation and hoping that nurse can, can be much more daring in how he uses um, Chris Boucher. And I think he did exactly that. Alex Len started instead of Aaron Baines, which is a, an important note um, lasted five minutes. And afterwards we saw Chris Boucher for the remainder of the game. Uh, he started in the second half and he, he continued uh, with confidence and with a level of high productivity that he's shown in the previous games. So again, I was rest assured that we would be competitive in the game, even against their bigs. Um, there wasn't a, a center that would be overpowering. That's the advantage to Chris Boucher. And uh, he continues to show his improvement. Uh, of moving without the basketball, working hard on the glass. I know we've critiqued him, both you and I, uh, on uh, letting too much offensive rebounds go to the other team. But uh, he was really doing a better job in uh, anchoring the center position defensively, um, contesting shots, but also doing his best on uh, pick and roll uh, defensive schemes which we've also critiqued them on 
uh, he did a better job there in terms of covering uh, the guards uh, on that switch, uh, setting up a double team. He made he still makes a few mistakes here and there, but um, I was really quite impressed with his level of uh, of uh, recovery. And uh, you can look at his stat line. I mean, uh, he had he had ten rebounds, right? Uh, I think he that means he's really putting in the work um, at that end of the court. And I mean, I. You know, I know scoring is not all, is not the be all and the end all, but my dude had nine, he shot nine and 12 20, for 23 points. And he added two assists, Bryce, right? Incredible. So that means he's making, he's a playmaker, right? Which is something that we understood from Mark Gasol last year, that that was his value add, was that it, it, defensively, he's, an, he's a store worth, but offensively, yeah, he can shoot miserably. But he's a playmaker. And so is this sustainable for Boucher throughout the rest of the season? Maybe not. But this is part of the growing pains of investing in your talent, right? If you want to see guys develop, you have to give them these opportunities. Sometimes it looks like, uh, you know, uh, Boston Celtics um, outcomes. And then sometimes it looks like an outcome against the Sacramento Kings, which um, – we make incredible runs in the third quarter, but I digress. Chris Boucher was impressive. Yeah, I think for me at this point, uh, obviously our strengths are not at the center position in that kind of traditional center. Mm-hmm. Certainly we've lost mm-hmm. Serge. We've lost Marcus Gasol. We don't have guys who are traditional centers who are also smart and who can stretch the floor with their three. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, Chris Boucher is impressing me. Uh, I definitely am a big Chris Boucher fan for many reasons, but uh, I think that he has shown enough improvement over the preseason and the first eight games that I think Nick nurse has got to give him the nod as a starter. Uh, But the other thing that I've been watching a lot, even in the Boston game, but but every game that I've seen Chris play in, uh, you can see it in the highlights. There are a number of guards and even forwards who are driving to the hole and are very aware that Chris Boucher is waiting for them. And the disruption and the intimidation to some degree that he's now providing with his length, certainly not his, his bulk, <laughs> but his length is starting to make guys uh, have sober second thoughts before they go to the rim Bryce, because his blocks you're are so good. right. He had a block on Marcus Bagley, um, and Marcus Bagley, um, you know, fell on the ground after having his shot rejected. Um <laughs> and, and, and and there was just a moment there where there are that was in front of our bench in the fourth and our guys were looking down on Mar- on uh, Marvin Bagley and Chris <laughs> Boucher was just you know expressing a sense of you know determination and 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 um and enthusiasm and I f- and I was like yeah like that's exactly that what we've been looking for right from that center position um, someone who can be imposing, you know, that, that level of swag that we've been talking about, uh, at least defensively, is what we were looking for 
um, from our com- center of center of committees or committee. Uh, is that am I saying it properly? Yeah, center by committee. Center by committee, exactly. Um, so, I, and I was just proud of him because he's coming into his own, right? And I know that you know journey has been non-linear for him at least, um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, but it comes at a critical time because we desperately need it. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, we don't have too much time. Otherwise, we'll go into full podcast mode here. But I do want to talk about the two guards who came off the bench and looked like studs last night. Tell me about uh, how you felt watching Malachi Flynn and Terrence Davis. Have you become a Malachi Stan? (laughs) Well, we said that we would give the opportunity to this young fella to develop, um, especially at the 905 level, right? And so we know that we knew uh, of his potential. We just thought that um, for the purpose of his own development, but also what we were seeking to accomplish during the season, we would be more weary of giving him too many minutes. I, I had completely dismissed that those statements this kid is ready he's ready to contribute mm. um in limited minutes he's ready to um give you uh some um some guard play at the point guard position you know p- whether it's playmaking for others or even himself and that's what i was it was missing his level of aggressiveness in the previous game to attack the defense right in this version of the nba in this era your point guard has to attack. That Stockton version where it's pass first only actually mm. has has expired, right? And so your mm. point guard needs to be a threat from the three-point line and attack the paint. Um, and in what, 17 minutes, his stat line being 12 points, shot two, uh, five of six from the field, uh, two of three from the three-point line, five rebounds, uh, two assists, um, he played just as good as uh, the other uh, rookie sensation from Sacramento, uh, Halliburton. Burton. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I was really encouraged to see, especially his level of um, basketball acuity on the defensive end. Cause that's where you, that's where Nick nurse is going to evaluate you at the end of the day, if you're going to get minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And he was, whether he was guarding his own <clears throat> uh, point guard opposition or being switched on uh, Harrison Barnes, right? He was holding his own. And I think that's where I was really keeping an eye. And even as I'm looking at uh, the recording from last night, seeing his help defense is where I think um, he's learning. And yes, it's only seven games in, um, uh, but the uh, learning curve is much more accelerated than I thought. And the, the, the important words of Will Ferrell that we echoed earlier, well, a week ago, <laughs> let the boy watch yeah, from the bench. Yeah, he is watching and he's learning. And we're, mm. I'm really proud of that. Uh, as it relates to TD, um, he's like, he's a poor man's Norm Powell to me, right? He's okay. not going to give you much in terms of playmaking for other teammates, but can he get you some buckets? Absolutely. And when he, when he finds a stroke and when he's hot, oh, he's hot, right? He's attacking the bucket and he's shooting the three at a high volume. And, uh, and in, his, in his limited time, what I believe it was 22 minutes, he shot seven to 13 from the field, four from eight, 
from the three-point line, meaning he took eight three-pointers, meaning if he's shooting it at that volume, he's having the confidence that it's going in, right? And uh, he finished the game with, what, 18 points? Again, uh, three assists. So, you know, he's dishing it. Um, Defensively, he still made a few mistakes here and there, you know, very now Norm Powellian of him. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, we needed contribution from our guard play, uh, coming from the bench, especially without a Kyle Lowry, right? And so um, you can do that against the Sacramento Kings, right? Um, and so for sure, uh, for sure. Uh, before we have to, uh, you know, sign off here. Now, I just by wanna... the way, I do have to say the Malachi stands on Twitter were losing their minds, right? Like, prof- <laughs> like prophecy you know confirmed <laughs> that this is the the, the mess, messianic you know point guard we've been looking for all these years goodness gracious uh so a, a couple things to take note of for future podcasts that i want to, to set up in a second but one comment just briefly about terrence davis when I was watching the highlights uh, this morning, mm. I was I was not watching just the man's game, but as he was hitting shots and as he was looking over at the bench and as he was getting a bit of swagger, the guy that came to my mind uh, that related to Terrence Davis uh, was not Norm Powell. It was a guy back in the early 2000s, I believe, Uh-oh. named Ricky Davis. Oh, my Ricky gosh. Davis. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if, if Terrence Davis can have the swagger and scoring ability off the bench like Ricky Davis, uh, he might be something special to watch. But uh, let, me, let me come down from there for a second, and let's uh, set up the, the next possible next yes. two podcasts. Yes. Uh, so that we can uh, we can get on to to the next game, which is Golden State. Uh, number one, uh, our next full podcast for those who are listening, Zion and I are actually going to take a break from this uh, slightly frustrating, slightly disappointing, uh, uncharted territory start that we've had. We started off one and six. We won last night two and six. And we're going to take a a little peek into the archives of disappointment. Instead of just focusing on the present disappointment, which can be a bit gloomy, we're going to look at some of the archives. Um, The other thing, and we haven't talked about this, so this is fresh right here. Uh, As I was watching Freddie play last night, as I was watching Malachi play last night, it seemed like there was room for them to expand and get comfortable. Is it possible that we could be having a podcast in say a week or two on whether this team is ready for a post Lowry era? You know, great question. My short answer is yes. Um, Said somberly. Um, I need some melancholic music in the background. Um, but, uh, absolutely. I think we could have confirmed that last year, uh, to see Fred's rise as, you know, some of us had suspicions that he could, uh, even be productive at this high volume 
uh, in on the starting lineup. And uh, uh, let's just you know he, he he shot twenty. He made twenty. You know he he made thir- thirteen shots last night. You know uh, five from nine from the three point line, thirty four points and seven assists. That's an th- those are all star numbers, Bryce. So um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not saying he's an all star. We're not saying he's at that high uh, Kyrie Irving caliber of a player, um, but uh, he's showing. He's showing some stuff. He's showing he's showing him his, some stuff uh, both in terms of the data confirmed in the data, but also the intangibles um, as he leads this team. And there were moments in the game last night where um, he was anchoring it more than Pascal, right? And I know Pascal has gotten the accolades, uh, and he's and he's not he's, he's he's figured it out. By the way, just in case people we didn't talk about him, but he's mm-hmm. figured it out. So, um, but. We're talking about that Kyle Lowry DNA, right? Um, I, he, he's definitely um, he's definitely carrying it, so I'm confident. Yeah, I think that's certainly something to watch over the next ten games. Knowing that this is not a championship contending team, uh, that you know, this could be uh, the last few months that we get to see Kyle Lowry, if he's interested to going to a contender. And we'll talk more about that. Um, is that a Peter, obviously Vesey? Is that a Peter Vesey? <laughs> no, no, um, that's just me okay. talking that way. I think the clock is, is ticking on, on Kyle's career. Unfortunately, I remember what it was like to, to be 34, 35 and what my body uh, still felt like, and then what it was like to get to 37, 38, and now almost 43. So that's, I just think it's something to watch. I'm not, I'm not saying I want that to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's just something for us to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think you're right in respect to the All-Star game. If Fred continues to play like this, I think there's no doubt that he is going to be an All-Star. I mean, he put up 37 last night. But uh, I know he's competing with with the Trey Youngs and the Kyrie Irvings. 34, sorry, 34. I know he's competing against Trey Young and Kyrie Irving, but Kemba Walker's not there. Uh, anyways, it could be interesting come uh, those selections. Yeah, could he, could he get uh, the nod could... from the coaches? That's really what it comes down to, right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, I think the record could, could, could help, you know, if we have an improved yeah. record at that time. And uh, – uh, if he gains any favors from the from from uh, from uh, point guards in the East underperforming, right? I know the NBA right. wants to, you know, lift up its young stars like the Trey Youngs and you know and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't, you know, this is a young fella, you know, young, you know, incredibly professional. He's not out to to pad his stats either, right? Um, Will he shrug his shoulder if, you know, will he be pissed off that he's not selected? And if he's he's worthy of the selection, definitely. Now, will he go to the media and complain like some and, you know, uh, no, he's going to shrug his shoulders and go back to work, right? Because he knows what the the goals are, both uh, individually and and organizationally. So um, this is, uh, this is, this is a good, uh, start well you know continuation of the the western road trip right we talked about gaining confidence for some of these guys and i think what fred has always said is you know this is an opportunity for us to 
um, us as in, you know, the raps to, to, to gain confidence, to continue to build and to move on. Right. Even after the loss in Phoenix. So that's leadership mm -hmm. right there. I mean, you know, definitely. I, um, and I'm looking forward to uh, how our bench and how nurse can, you know, kind of figures out that rotation. Cause that's something uh, if you did watch the game, you know, he, he used different rotations um, Utah uh, got some got some minutes and Stanley got some minutes. We didn't see Matt Thomas. We didn't see some of the other guys. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, um, seeing how Nurse curates the rotation for the re the remainder of the uh, the road trip. Definitely, definitely. Well, I know that uh, this has been a special uh, post game reaction <laughs> pod having you here. I know that you're not into predictions, but if the Raptors were to beat Steph and the Warriors tomorrow night, are we going to see you on the podcast? A uh, quick reaction. Okay, okay, a little. Okay. So it's a, it's it's a whether we win or lose if I'm with my teammate or not. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, 2019 championship revenge. Can a box in one be? You know, can we see a box in one? Um, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, I know that will mess up Andrew Wiggins, if nothing oh else. Gosh. Oh my gosh. He, he did have, a good, uh, he did have a good game against the Clippers. Last season, so. He did. He did. Uh, so yeah, we better, uh, cut it here. We better cut it here for now. Uh, great to have you, my friend, as always, uh, we got a full length podcast, although this is creeping up to a full length, but we have a full length podcast coming on. The archive, uh, archives of disappointment uh, soon. We've also got a Golden State game coming up on Sunday, tomorrow, and then Monday against the Trailblazers, who always we fun. always love always to fun. play against. Um, have a great day to those who are listening. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, my friend, yeah, en enjoy your Saturday, Zaya, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, peace, everyone.